Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Leo's Ministries Roll Call. Sorry for the delay. I know it's been quite a while since our last one, um, but things have been a little busy. Things have been a little busy for Adam and I. There has been a lot going on. March 23rd. Wow. That was the last time we did one. I know I wanted to do one last month, but um, some things going on, you know, with Operation Safety Net and stuff like that, that just, it made it, it made it not possible. And with all the, uh, how to put it, all the overtime that, that I had to get that wasn't chosen by me, you know, it just, it, it took a while and it was very hard. But um, just, you know, I hope, as I say all the time, I hope this podcast finds everybody well. I hope everyone has been thinking about Jesus as a police officer and thinking about, you know, how that can change their whole view on policing, how that can change their thoughts on policing and how that can guide people to do the right thing. Um, you know, we got a lot going on in the world right now. We got a lot. And I just, I hope everybody's doing okay. And right now it's a very difficult time to be a police officer, very difficult time. And, you know, with recent recent changes with recent things happening, it, it it's difficult. It definitely is. And I can see how it is. You know, for me, you know, with the um with the verdict coming out on the on the trial that recently happened, you know, we're seeing more people that are supporting us, but we're also seeing more people that are emboldened and not helping us. <laughs> and um kind of really taking that aggressive stance. And then, you know, with the whole abolish the police movement and no more traffic stops. Um, you know, it just, there's a lot going on and it's difficult and it is difficult to be a police officer. And I fully understand that fully understand that, but it's only, you know, we are here. We're here for you. We're here to help guide you to Jesus. So you can lead, you know, lead on the streets as Jesus would lead. So you can do what Jesus is calling you to do. And Jesus brought you here to be a police officer. We, all of us know that. It's ingrained in us. There's there's a reason why we do this. So, you know, I hope, again, everybody's doing well. Now, feel free to reach out to us at leoministriesmn at gmail.com. Or you can go to leoministries.org where there are links um, for you to contact us. And I really hope that you do. If you're a department or if you need anything, let us know. Um, it's difficult, and I'm seeing more and more officers, you know, take early retirements or just leaving the profession altogether. And if you're thinking about that, if you're going through that, if you've had some tough calls, I tell you, I've I had one tough call that, you know, it's one of those uh, that kind of probably hold on forever. But, um, you know, contact us. Let us know what you need. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're going through because we're all going through it together. What I'm going through isn't unique. It's not special. And it's something that everybody else is going through. So guys, feel free to contact us, to reach out to us, to ask us for help, ask us for prayer. You want to meet up, you know, and just and just talk and just if you have questions, if you have doubts. You know, one thing I think that's really interesting, and I'll never forget it, I had a buddy who um, I was in the Army with. And he talked about how he struggled with doubts, and his pastor told him, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I don't know how that was a good response. And questions, you know, help you build your faith. So if you do have questions, 
or if you want to challenge Adam or I, we are more than willing to step up to that challenge. Um, yeah, I don't know. Something we both kind of like doing. But so, uh, you know, with this recent events and everything going on in law enforcement, you know, we're looking at in in our state the defund the police movement and how this is probably going to make it on the ballot for the city um, <laughs> the city in November. That's kind of terrifying. Uh, with uh, Kim Potter and certain Brooklyn Center, that's just causing a lot more turmoil. You know, just the other day I, there was a communist comrade cookout or they wanted to abolish the police. I... I don't know. It just it seems like the whole world's kind of going upside down. So just remember, everybody, focus your eyes on Jesus. Focus your eyes on him. Even with our our president who recently um you know, National Police Week was last week, and our president made a proclamation and then bashed the police in the proclamation. You know what? Whatever. If people are gonna do that. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on who is actually in control. And let's focus on Jesus. As the leader, you know, that good shepherd, the leader of the sheepdogs that we're, that we're calling for. So let's just uh, open up the prayer and then we're going to, we're going to dive right into it. I plan on, hopefully it's going to be a quick roll call, but I'm, I really just want to get to the point. I was out on a run and I was listening to our old podcast because I've been really kind of trying to figure out this next Jesus top kind of thing. And then it kind of hit me. And I want to do it before I have to go to work because I don't want to forget what I think are great things I'm going to have to say. We'll see how all it comes out. But, uh, you know, Jesus, please let your love and your glory flow down upon us. Please let us just continue to learn. Let us continue to grow. Let us continue to challenge ourselves. You know, in these very challenging times, if you could please let your love and your glory flow down upon us, bless us, cleanse us, and help us glorify you and be your light in this dark world as we hit those streets. As we step, step out onto the battlefield, please help us. Just go into battle with honor. Please help us go to the prepared and ready to fight for your kingdom. Jesus, we love you. Lord, you in the highest spirit forever. Amen. All right. So like I said, I was on a run. And I had to listen to the last podcast. It's painful because I had to listen to myself talk. And I don't know how any of you do it, but thank you. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? Because Jesus is the prime example of being a great police officer. So I came back to this, to this one, one great moment um, when I was on FTO. So I had a great FTO, great guy. He taught me a lot. I transferred from a department that wasn't horribly busy to a department that was very busy and dealt with <laughs> crazier things. Um, so you know, as an FTO. You have to be there. You have to lead people. You have to guide people. You have to teach people. You have to show them how to do the job, how to do it safely, how to do it effectively, how to make it home, how to protect the community. It's it's a very difficult and it's a, a very unselfish thing to do. So now that you know, I, I would say I'm running. I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do? And then it brought me back to this moment. So I'm on field training. And this was, I believe, my last phase of field training, if I'm not mistaken. And got a call. Actually, I don't even think we got a call. I think we were sitting at one of our local gas stations grabbing some food and grabbing a quick beverage. And we get stopped by the people there. And they say, hey, these people are here. They're stealing. 
we want them gone. You know, and me being on FTO, this is month four, roughly, you know, in, in my head, I'm sitting there like crime right here. They're stealing. Bam. Got them. You know, kind of being the, the young cop who's trying to figure and starting to figure everything out. Right. So my FTO, this wasn't something he was going to really grade me on. I don't think. But we both kind of just went into action. He was, at this point, letting me be independent. And he was helping me out. He was being my partner on this. But then there was a huge thing that he did. And he said, we're not going to charge them with a crime. You know, and we ended up finding all the food that was stolen. And then what my FTO did was he ended up paying for that food and buying them more food. Giving it to them. And basically just told them to leave. So what he did was he cut them a break from being charged with the crime. He cut them a break from being further in the system. Um, these were people who, you know, I'll come out and say it, homeless, addicted to something, probably drugs, alcohol. I mean, you know, you, you deal with those kind of people out there, guys, and you, and you understand what kind of people they are. But my FTO showed them a level of compassion and showed them just a level of love that isn't necessarily seen a lot. You know, I remember him just, you know, he was kind of trying to justify what he was doing. He was kind of trying to justify, and it kind of clicked to me, because, you know, me, I'm, I'm sitting there coming off FTO, I'm ready to hit the streets by myself, you know, like crime, like we're going to crush crime, we're going to street sweep, it's going to be great. But... He brought me back down to a level where I have to see. He goes, you have to see these people as people. They're struggling. And they got to the point where they're sitting there stealing gas station food and just trying to survive. Um, you know, that's something that 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 I'm going to remember always. And that's gonna, I'm going to remember that, that compassion. And that is my field training officer doing his job and doing a great job and doing just a great job of just showing me what I need to do. So in this series, we're talking about Jesus being the top cop. You know, and last time we talked about he is that good shepherd. We are sheepdogs. He led by example by going to the cross and dying for our sins. He laid down his life for all the sheep, and that's what we do. We talked about the officer in Boulder, Colorado. And, you know, I can go to the Officer Down Memorial page, you know, when I'm looking at it right now. And you have Jimmy N., Stockton police officer who was shot responding to a domestic call. You have Luca Benedetti, who was a San Luis Opiso Police Department in California. When he was serving a search warrant, he was shot and killed. You have Sam Leonard, who was a deputy sheriff at Concho County Sheriff's Office in Texas, who was shot and killed. So all these officers, all these sheepdogs are doing they they're they're doing what the Good Shepherd did, and they're laying their lives down for the sheep. So we we talked about that last time, how Jesus is it's a prime example of what we should be striving for and paying that ultimate sacrifice. And that's what Jesus did. 
And we know that that's what we sign up for and that's something that might happen. Now one thing I want to talk about, Jesus being that top guy, being that field trainer. Jesus guiding us as officers to do the right thing, to train us. That's one thing we can look at Jesus to is he's, he's our FTO. He's our field training officer. He's the one who we should look to for those tough calls. He's the one that we should look to for, you know, sometimes those difficult decisions. You know, when Jesus showed compassion to sinners, he dined with tax collectors. He defended the adulteress. He let an immoral woman wash, wash his feet and anoint him with perfume. I mean, if you really look at it, he picked 12 disciples. And I love the Casting Crown song, you know. He picked 12 people who nobody really would have picked to go out and change the world. And as officers, that's what we do. We help them. We choose to be with them. You know, we choose careers where we are with the sinners, where we are with the people. You know, I say tax collectors, nothing against, you know, maybe some of you IRS officers are listening. I've interacted with you before. But back then, tax collectors were seen as very lowly people. There wasn't a position of prominence. That was a position that it, it wasn't a good thing to be called a tax collector. So Jesus is choosing to dine with these people. He's choosing to be with these people. He's choosing to, to heal people, to heal lepers. He's choosing to heal the lame, to bring sight to the blind, to, to people that society have generally cast out. And as officers, what we do is every day we sign up to deal with, engage with, and be with that part of society that nobody else wants to be a part of. Because if being a police officer was easy, if being a police officer was great, everybody would sign up to do it. I mean, think about it. You get really good pay. You get good benefits. You get a great retirement. But <laughs> we're seen as we're the ones going out and dealing with, yeah, I guess you can say these undesirables, but we're dealing with the people that can't stand up for themselves. We're dealing with the people that choose to cast people out. You know, and I can think of how many times, I mean, I've sat with, you know, sitting there talking to gang members, sitting there talking to drug addicts, talking to alcoholics, criminals, you know, sinners. And you're sitting there and you're talking with them, you're joking with them. And that is something that regular society doesn't do. Society likes to think they do that. Society likes to think that they go out of their way to help them. But, you know, if you look at it, they think they're helping. But all they're doing is having a quick interaction, and then they're casting them to the side just as quick as they came in. Just as quick as they came in. So we're choosing to go out and be with these people that nobody would otherwise choose to be with. So that in itself right there is putting us in step. Jesus went out. He was breaking all the protocols he was breaking all the rules you know um people are looking at him and you know all these religious leaders are going why are you doing this why are you going out of your way to be with these people to guide these people to you know to help them and that's you know i get that from i get that from family i get that from friends too you know i brought up before um 
I could be doing something else as a career. My family asked me why I don't do anything else. But I know this is where I choose to be. I choose to be with these people. I choose to help them. I choose to guide them to Jesus. You know, I remember sitting talking with, you know, someone who uh, got back on meth. He was very upset. You know, he went to Teen Challenge, which I know if you're not from Syria. It's a Christian outreach, you know, Kemphill Pensy program. And, you know, he found his faith, but then he relapsed and he struggled. And he was not having the best time. And he was talking about how it was better than him and all stuff. And then and we started talking about the Bible. So we're, we're putting ourselves in position to talk about Jesus. You know, I talked to him and I said, you and I, we're, we're the same. There's nothing different from you and I. You know, for me, um, long story short, I'm straight edge. That's, you know, that is, look it up. But I choose not to do anything. Alcohol, drugs, tobacco, stuff like that. Promiscuous relations, none of that. Because I want to live a clean life. And that was my choice. But we're not, I'm no different from this guy who's struggling with his addictions. So what I want to get into is I want to get into how Jesus is choosing and Jesus is leading by example like, you know, Jesus, I think he used my field training officer to point this out. The Holy Spirit came down at this moment and said, convince my FTO this is what you're going to do. I never really talked to my FTO about faith. Um, he knew where I stood. I kind of talked to him a little bit about it, but that was about it. So I want to point out and have just a few things that I, a few verses, just a few quick things that I, I, I want to talk about. So. I found this on churchleaders.com. It was a by a guy named Matt Brown. And it talks about three times Jesus modeled how to treat sinners. So, Jesus told us not to judge other sinners. And Jesus clearly tells us not to judge others. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. And we can't expect non-Christians to behave like Christians. Instead, we need to focus on being the light to them and loving them. I just love how he puts that. Over and over again, the Bible tells us the importance of loving others. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 6, and verse 13. And it's hard to love others and show them the gospel when we're angry and when we're hating them. And when anger and hate, that's not the way of Jesus. So Jesus is approaching these people. With not a way of anger and hate. And there are times, it is tough, you know, there are times, and I've lost my cool. You know, I have somebody who's trying to fight with me. I've had somebody who's fought with my partner. You have somebody who does a pretty heinous, horrible crime. And it's really, really hard. That hate is such a strong word. But when you deal with people who do things unimaginable, it's hard to not hate them. And that's that's my imperfect reality coming out. But, you know, even on calls, I pray that Jesus just help me. Because Jesus loves that person that did that horrible thing. Jesus still loves them. And I know that's really weird. And that's a really weird thing to hear. But if Jesus didn't love them, then ultimately, what was the cross for? The cross was for that person as well. So we have to, again love these people, approach these people, not be anger, not hate them, 
Now, you can still justly do your job. And Jesus wasn't soft about this. And I need to do a little more a little more digging, but for next week, I know I'm going to talk about Jesus enforcing laws, and I want to talk about the cleansing of the temple. So Jesus wasn't soft about this, but he approaches, and he loved them, and that's what we have to do. And ultimately, that's going to help you, too, throughout your career, and then life in general, not get caught up with just all that negativity, just everything. So if you have hate and anger and hatred towards every bad person you dealt with, my goodness, that's get out of this career field, please, because you're going to destroy yourself. And when you approach them with a Christ-like approach, that's what's going to see you through. The next one, Jesus showed mercy to the sinner caught in sin. So this is um, one day Jesus was teaching crowds of people in the temple. Religious leaders brought him a woman caught in the act of adultery. They sat in front of her asking what should be done with her. And I like how it says, Jesus does the weirdest thing. Something that still leaves Bible experts confounded. He doesn't respond first. He literally steps down and starts writing in the dust on the floor. They keep demanding him to answer. And Jesus finally said, all right, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down and kept writing in the dust. One by one, crowds began to leave, beginning with the oldest. And the oldest uh, likely left first because they had realized that they were vulnerable to sins themselves. And no matter how many times they had failed throughout their life to adhere to God's law. So Jesus, what he was doing was he was pointing out, he was going, hey, he was without sin cast the first stone. We all live in sin, all of us. And why is your sin different than that person that you're dealing with? So if you look at it, these, you know, these religious leaders, these ones upholding religious law, they brought this woman who was a sinner for punishment. We enforce our, our city law, our state law, our county law, our federal law. But we are not perfect and we are not without sin either. So we can't approach it from we're better than them because we are the exact same as them. We have to show the same mercy that Jesus. We have to show them. And Jesus straight up said, if anyone claims to be without sin, they are a liar and the truth is not with them. And this is astonishing mercy. Astonishing. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus shows this mercy to this woman. That's what we have to do. We have to show this mercy to these people. Like I was just saying before this, he didn't give her a free pass. He told her to sin no more. And that applies for us. That applies for these criminals that we deal with, for these worldly laws that we enforce. But we are still no better. All right. Now, Jesus didn't hide the truth about sinners. We can conclude that Jesus is only gentle with sinners. But we also must remember there were times where he was hard on, teaching, on his teachings to the crowds 
and that that was really difficult for people to understand. That was really people difficult for people to follow. And he wasn't trying to build a large following. He wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to go, hey, I need as many followers as I can get. It's not like Instagram. It's not like Facebook where he's trying to get as many as many people following as possible. He taught them the truth. And sometimes the truth isn't always the easiest way. Just like when we're enforcing laws, you know, there are times when you arrest those people that you don't really want to arrest because you kind of, you know, you're like, God, this person isn't, God, isn't that bad. It, he's not that bad. But we have to. And we're taking that difficult part. We're taking and that's why people don't like cops. And we're taking that. And, you know, um, his teachings cause crowds to leave in droves. John chapter 6, verse 60 through 68. You know, real quick, I'm going to pull up my ESV version Bible. Pull it up. Sorry, guys. Okay. The title of this in this version is going to be Many Disciples Are Jesus. So, right before that, in chapter 6, verse 53, this is a quick overview. Jesus right now, he's talking about how Jesus is the bread of life. And he's making the statement. And he says in verse 53, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will rise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real fluid and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so that no one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing that, many disciples said, this is a hard teaching. <laughs> Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then uh, what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Sam Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have come to believe. We sorry, we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So Jesus replied, I have not chosen you. Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil, and he meant Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, would later betray him. So Jesus is talking to all these people, and he's trying to tell them, he's trying to basically explain to them that they need to come to him to have eternal life. They need to feed off him. They need to feed, and you can talk about communion. 
And that's kind of what we're representing here. But Jesus is talking about this, and people are going, what? No way. And they walk away. And he's telling people these things, and he lost followers. He lost followers. We do things, and people come at us, and they don't like that. They don't like that. But you know what? We still push through, and we still do what we have to do. So another thing that I want to talk about is just, again, Jesus going out. Now think about this. A woman washes the feet of Jesus. So Jesus got invited. He went to the Pharisee's house, and he sat at the table. And then an immoral woman, a sinful woman from the town, she learned that Jesus was there and that he was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she brought a vial of perfume, stood behind Jesus, and she was crying and washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair and then kissing the feet. Think about that. And he knew that this woman was a sinner. And she brought this perfume to anoint him, to put it in his hair. This is just what she had. And we've seen people, we've seen people dealt like, like this. And Jesus, you know, is sitting there in this Pharisee. Simon's going, <laughs> you know, he wants to know what's going on. And he was like, you're letting this immoral woman touch you? What? Like, come on. And the Pharisees, I mean, they're the, they're the hard hitters when it comes to, you know, Jewish law. They're, they're the guys that you consult. And Jesus goes on. To, to tell him a parable, I'm going to be, just keep it quick. But Jesus looked at her and forgave her for her sins. And this is a woman, again, go, he's going out, this woman who, society, who people are saying shouldn't even be touched. And he is showing her the ultimate act of just, the ultimate act of forgiveness, telling her your sins are forgiven. And people are sitting there going, what is going on? So another example. Another example. Jesus is healing the paralytic at Capernaum. So he forgives and heals a, a paralyzed man. So he went to Capernaum, and people heard that he had come home. And so many people were there. So many people were outside. Some men, they brought a paralyzed man. And the crowd was so big, they, they couldn't even get him through the door. So what they did was they decided, hey, we're going through the roof. Boom, dropped him in there. And then it, Jesus sat there. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And the teachers of the law are sitting there going, oh, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sin but God alone? I mean, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were talking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you talking these things? Which is easier, to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and walk home. And he got up, took his mat and walked home. And everyone was amazed and praised God. So this is another thing. Jesus is going out and he, he's saying these things that aren't popular. He's saying these things. He's going on. He's leading by this example. He's training his disciples. He's training people how to see, how to approach these people. And nothing against paralyzed, man, but how many, some of you, do you go and dwell with these 
you know, you got that paralyzed person sitting there on the street corner begging for money or food. Do we show him that love and compassion? And then there's Jesus sitting there saying, no, he has the authority. We don't. He has authority to say your sins are forgiven. And then he straight up goes, boom, healed. So then Jesus heals a man with leprosy too. So this, when Jesus came down, and this is Matthew 8, Jesus came down from the mountainside. Large crowds followed with him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And Jesus said, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as testimony to them. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Now, leprosy isn't, I mean, leprosy is still around today. I don't know if you, I read the story about leper columns, um, not columns, communes or whatever in India. These people were cast out from society. And Jesus was like, come here. You're cleansed. So Jesus is going out. He's engaging these people. And kind of like how my field train officer, he went out and engaged these people with a loving heart and said, here's some food. So what we should do as officers, we should take a note from Jesus' page. We shouldn't be avoiding these people. You know, when you're in your squad car and you drive by them, you, we shouldn't be avoiding them. And I'm guilty of it too. 100% guilty of just driving by. You know, sometimes I wave. Think, yep, that's a good act of kindness. And I know it's tough. We can't stop for every person that we see. But even just kind words to them, asking them how they're doing. Let's just, let's just start to further Jesus' kingdom. Looking at Jesus as the field training officer. And then go directly towards that. All right, guys, this was impromptu. This was quick. It's only going to be about 35 minutes. And I'm sorry for that. I just, I got to go to work. I got to go get ready. Got to go uh, fight crime, right? But so I hope that now we have these two things. We have Jesus as our top cop, as our chief, showing us that he's laying down his life for us. And then sheepdogs, we're laying down our lives for the sheep as well. We're, we're trying to, we can be a living example of that. Now Jesus as a field training officer showing us how to deal with the unwanted people of society, with the criminals, with the drug addicts, with the, the afflicted. And there are many more examples. I just picked a few that were really kind of easy to find. Just so I could get this message out that we need to lead by example. We need to engage these people with a heart of love, with a heart of compassion, and show them the love that Jesus showed them. All right, guys. Again, leoministries.org or email us at leoministriesmn at gmail.com. Um, ask about our prayer cards. Come in contact with us. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, I pray that your armor, our shield, our sword, our belt, our boot, our eyes, our ears, our thoughts, our voice, and our tongues. Please guide us on this journey today and help us glorify you. Please help us to shake and destroy the gates of hell. Please let our names be feared at the gates of hell for how we're going to bring your kingdom to these streets. Jesus, in your name, I pray that you give us the courage, but you give us the heart filled with compassion, but also the heart filled with just, just that right mindset to go out there and to do justice for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Glory to the highest square forever. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for leading Leo Ministries. Roll call. God bless. Mm-hmm.